Welcome to She Wrote That. Here, our goal is to uplift hardworking female writers, bloggers, authors, journalists, and storytellers. Each episode will feature a conversation with a different female writer where we dig deep about everything writing related, from being a woman in the industry, to developing stories, to editing style, to mentorship. We are so excited to have you here. Welcome back for the fourth episode of She Wrote That. I'm your host, Charlotte Barnes. After a quick break last week, I'm so excited to be back today with another great guest. This episode, I'm talking with author Michaela Denall. Michaela wrote Two Hands and a Chick, a children's book about diverse families normalizing differences in family dynamics. Her experience in graphic design led to the creation of the book. She first found her love of writing by becoming a guest author on the blog, The Next Family, where she created awareness and the appreciation of diversity through writing about her loving life with her two moms, Missy and Meg. By networking at a young age, she became a co-author in the anthology edited by Frank Lowe, Raised by Unicorns, stories from people with LGBTQ plus parents in order to provide a unique perspective and show the correlations as well as change regarding equality across generations. With participation in activities such as the Hugh O'Brien Youth Leadership Conference and organizations promoting equality, she has spread her message of love to great audiences and plans to share more of her storytelling in hopes of eliminating bias with the new institutions and empowering more people through her words. As an incoming freshman majoring in journalism at Northwestern University, she hopes to put these goals into action. Michaela and I discussed everything from the value of having a strong support system, the ways writing can be used to champion quality, and her takeaways from the publishing process. Stay tuned to hear our discussion. My first question is, tell me how you first became interested in writing. Um, so it was in middle school uh, when I first started like English language arts class at um, MBS, which is this little tiny uh, private school in uh, Berlin, Maryland. And so I had an English teacher named Mrs. K and she gave us this assignment and it was to write a Greek mythology like paragraph and create a like mythological creature. So I made this creature, right? And like wrote this paragraph and she actually uh, told me that uh, I really need to continue with writing because it was like, it was something that she said I never seen before because she would do the project every year with uh, middle school uh, like kids and students. And she said, you need to start continuing writing and I'm going to help you with that. So like from there, uh, my teacher, Mrs. K, she became like, my biggest inspiration for writing and would always tell me to improve my writing and we would work on proofreading and stuff like that and that's what pretty much got me into uh like loving the passion of writing and then from there uh, she would help me go into like these writing contests and uh, my parents helped me find this blog called the next family which is a uh, blog for LGBT families and uh, parents who want to start a family. And so they featured my moms and um, myself. And I told them that, you know, I would really be interested in being a guest writer on the blog if they would let me. So then from there, I think starting sixth grade, I would write monthly blogs uh, with Next Family and uh I think it was like my first article was uh, 
uh, my mother's fairy tale of a wedding and I think seven questions to never ask a child with two moms or dads. And so I kind of provided insight uh, as a child with two moms, uh, like for families who want to start one and understand the thought process of their children. So yeah, that's how I got started um, in middle school. That's awesome that you had such a great support system behind you to help you find Mm -hmm. those opportunities. Definitely. Yeah. I love, I, um, my moms are super awesome with like helping me, uh, encourage me to continue my passion of writing, especially my mom, Meg, I call them Missy and Meg because if they answer at the, um, if they answer at the same time when I say moms, it's like gets really confusing. So my mom, Meg, I call her my like momager because she helps me with, uh, kind of scheduling events and book readings. Uh, stuff like that too. So I couldn't be more happy uh, for her to be my momager. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. And like you said, a lot of the writing you've done centers around LGBTQ positivity mm-hmm. and it draws on your own experiences with having two moms. Do you yeah. think writing felt like that natural fit to champion those rights? Yeah, definitely. So I was trying to find an outlet to kind of share my thoughts. And I realized that you know, with writing, I can like put as many thoughts on paper as I can. And um, I realized that I could almost become like a activist of some sorts with my writing. And so I went in history class, I was like looking at different literature and how much they had an impact on society, like Uncle Tom Cabin by Harriet Beecher Stowe. And I was like, I want to make an impact to that degree of one day, um, publishing literature to kind of bring about the idea of injustices and helping people understand different perspectives in order to change them and break stereotypes. Yeah, yeah, that is awesome. Do you think with that, that there are a lot more resources that challenge stereotypes and promote diversity than when you were growing up? Oh, definitely. I think, um, so after the uh, blog, uh, The Next Family, my editor, uh, Alex Temblador, she told me that in the Huffington Post, there was this, uh, there was this anthology coming out, and they were asking for submissions, and it was called Raised by Unicorn Stories from People with LGBTQ Plus Parents. It was going to be edited by, uh, Frank Lowe, so I submitted something, and, um, the book ended up being kind of like a semblance of um, the question you're just asking right now, because um, from baby boomers to Generation Z, which would be me, they show the like differences of how things have changed and how resources have changed. And I hoped that um, my chapter was kind of the epitome of this change to see from how uh, decades ago it has uh been influenced from allowing same-sex couples to marry because I tried to, in Raised by Unicorns, uh, show how, um, like, my thoughts and experiences were when uh, my parents were allowed to marry. I watched them get married in 2014, and I also uh, got um, to, like, experience pride marches with them and walk down and see all the love that has been changing because, I definitely remember when my uh, family first moved down to where I live now, uh, they would walk down the boardwalk and um, 
hold hands and they would have like hate spewed out them, which is, it's terrible. And it was just, Mm -hmm. it's really great to see how much has changed to now. And I think the resources are uh, even more changing now. Like I know that in like 2018, I think there was a study in which showed that uh, there are more LGBT people than, you know, ever before. And it's like, people are modernizing and accepting and it's really cool to see. So yeah yeah all that change sounds awesome and it's great that you're promoting it and outside of your writing how do you like to promote that message of positivity and inclusivity um I try to join like a lot of um equality clubs and support diversity in classrooms in uh in other organizations as well like for example um I did book presentations um, across the uh, New York and DC, as well as locally where I live, uh, to discuss the importance of diversity in classrooms and with uh, just in general uh, and share my story so that it creates awareness and the normalcy of having uh, like different family dynamics. And so, uh, for example, like one day when I had a book presentation in, uh, I think, New York, they uh, some person stood up and asked me, so since you have two moms, does that mean you like women? And I said, well, as I, I do not know exactly, like, like what, uh, who I like and, you know, what I like to do yet. I'm still finding my passion. But mm-hmm. I explained to them that my parents never like constricted me to any sort of activity or any sort of kind of person that I had to be. Of course, they told me to love everyone and accept everyone, but I got to try every sort of thing when I was younger. And whenever my, um, whenever I would make a new friend, like on the park, they would walk up to me and I said, hey, do you want to meet my two moms? And they're like, oh yeah, sure. So creating that normalcy, I think at a young age too, was how I kind of promoted that acceptance. I also, um, my friends when I was younger would also ask me like, how was I born? Cause I went to a Catholic school and at the time I did not understand anything. I, um, I was born through insemination and uh, they, they said to me, uh, I said to them actually, uh, I must be a miracle, I don't know. So, um, so, they, so they would go around my Catholic school and tell people that I was the next coming of Jesus. Um, so, so, uh, I just try to answer as many questions as I can, like those instances, and that turned very humorous, but, um, I try to, like, ask every question and answer every question, if it, even if it be, they think, like, I think they're, if they're targeting, like, rudely, I just answer the question because they could genuinely be questioning and want to know my perspective they could it didn't have to be rude it may come off as rude and so uh yeah i also am a part of this club called united as one at my high school uh and i try to help out as much as possible as well as um the young democrats of worcester county uh i tried to bring about we have marches in um ocean city uh and i think a few years ago we had a pride march and that was incredible um and um, pretty much other things I have to do to like support equality is through this program called uh, the Hugh O'Brien Youth Leadership 
um, program. Mm -hmm. It's in uh, Maryland, and I uh, volunteer there every year as a now a junior facilitator, and I try to help um, encourage sophomores across the state to uh, speak what they're thinking and not be constricted to their thoughts or ideals, because I think that's the most important part of equality is that we have to accept everyone's thoughts. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's very true. And it's it's really great that you're using your platform from being out in the community to writing to spread those beliefs and promote equality. Thank you. And you said you went to Catholic school. Was that challenging growing up and being that in that environment and having two moms? It is very interesting. So um, my parents wanted me to go into Catholic school because of the education in the um, at MBS. Uh, Personally, I believe that at MBS, I um, received the best possible, like, uh, writing um, practice and uh, and uh, English program that I could have possibly get here on the Eastern Shore of Maryland. Um, my teachers were amazing, uh, especially Miss Polarski and Mrs. K that helped me learn how to proofread and write with uh, a higher vocabulary and grammar. Um, but surprisingly enough uh my catholic school was very progressive and uh liberal of some sorts um so mm -hmm. they had this program it was like a liberal arts program kind of at the school and um i even had um i had many teachers that were accepting of my family and i remember um it was during the time in which lgbt like uh parents were ha um, having their students were getting kicked out of schools for them being LGBT. I remember that clearly that was happening um, at the time I was attending there. It wasn't um, in other schools, not at MBS. But I remember uh, making a mural for uh, the front of the school. And my principal, who's surprisingly also my neighbor, he wanted to show my parents the mural I was making. And they were getting scared. They were like, oh, my gosh, is she going to get, like, kicked out of the school? And, like, he was just there to show the uh, just show the mural. And, like, Meg started crying and my and Missy started crying. She said, I thought that this is beautiful. I thought that oh, she was going to get kicked out. And my principal told them, she said, he said, never will that happen in my entire life. I will not let that happen. Um, so the teachers there were absolutely incredible and accepting. Uh, I had a teacher in pre-K named Miss Smith, and one parent uh, did not want me to play with her child or hang out with her child because I had two moms, and um, she stood up for me and said, look, she is a kid like every other person here, and um, if you don't, you can't let your child not be able to play with her, um, and so after that, uh, it pretty much was an incredible school, and I will not... Um, regret being in Catholic school uh, at MBS just because of the amazing support system I received from my teachers and um, and other faculty there at MBS. That's amazing. Yeah, I, I went to Episcopalian school mm -hmm. and it's it's great because religious schools don't have to be closeted like mm -hmm. very closed-minded places. There is room for debate and there is room for promoting equality and it's great to hear that you had that sort of support system at your school yeah definitely at um so every thursday we would go to mass and i remember one time 
I did not believe in the homily because it was blatantly targeted toward my family and I did not feel comfortable there at the time. So I walked out of the, um, the room with a couple of my friends and my uh, mom and we walked out in like solidarity against uh, what they were preaching in the church. So they, they really did let me have free speech at um, MBS too. That really is great. Mm -hmm. And so you sort of touched on some organizations earlier, but do you have any other organizations or maybe blogs or books that you would suggest for people to learn about and promote LGBTQ rights? Um, one business I especially uh, encourage people to look at is called Our Shelves. So I was a representative for Our Shelves a few years ago. Um, I met the owner of Our Shelves, Allie Hop Harper, in uh, Provincetown, Massachusetts. And she created this business. It's all about uh, diverse children's books. And the uh, and it's a subscription service, which would come monthly. And they would receive all diverse children's books um, to promote this equality that uh, and values that these uh, children can instill at a young age um, to understand uh, how to be accepting and how to look at all perspectives and opinions. And so uh, Our Shelves uh, is an amazing uh, business to uh, look at for that. And I'm also uh, talking with her right now because I just published a children's book titled Two Hens and a Chick. And that is a um, kind of a recollection of the stories I had from my, my childhood into a... Uh, children's book f format for children to understand because in the Raised by Unicorns uh, anthology, I talked for more of an adult uh, audience and my chapter was actually titled Two Hens and a Chick. The first like intro of that chapter uh, was exactly like a children's book and so I kind of used that as inspiration to create um, a Two Hens and a Chick uh, now and my aunt called me up right after she got the raised by unicorns book and she was like oh my gosh like that could be a children's book and from there i i uh took that uh idea and uh went to the hugh o'brien youth leadership conference and kind of talked about my ideas and they helped me create a plan in which i was able to start my junior year of high school at um at Worcester Technical High School because they have an interactive media program that I've been that I was a part of and so I used Photoshop and Illustrator in that class to help uh, form my project with the children's book and he let me uh, my teacher let me use that as my capstone project so yeah that's awesome so it sounds like that was a long time in the making yes yeah, so I started uh, so the idea, I think, came about in 2018, uh, in May, and then I started to write the children's book in the summertime, kind of like the script of it, and from there, I divided up sections of my writing. I also made lots of drafts, lots of drafts, because I wanted to make sure that the book didn't ostracize LGBT people like it off mm -hmm. it often doesn't show the representation in a good way I wanted it to be in which everyone was uh, 
not like singled out in any way. So in the book, uh, Chick Mickey uh, goes to her first day of elementary school <laughs> and uh, she meets families of all different dynamics and realizes that although her family is different, they're all different as well. And uh, she, they kind of all celebrate together and back to farm night and it uh, closes off uh, with that pretty much. And so, uh, yeah, around when I started uh, junior year in the fall of 2018, I started uh, formatting the designs off, off of the sections of writing that I divided off and I brainstormed. Uh, kind of made kind of like a storyboard and then from there I made the illustrations on Photoshop off of uh, off of oil pastel I used a canvas and used oil pastel and a colored pencil to make different patterns and I kind of call my like method a internet collage so then I, I would put it onto Photoshop and uh, make different designs on there using the patterns I made um, on the canvas. And so uh, I wanted to do that in order to make the book as colorful as possible and as appealing to the eye uh, for the kids as well. Mm -hmm. Are you like, are you naturally talented at art or was like that a difficult experience for you? So freshman year, I started the interactive media um, program. So I knew how to use uh, like design in some way. I'm no means like Picasso. <laughs> I I de um I definitely have done art in the past because I just I like designing things a lot and um like when I was little I would design like uh little uh, dresses for like f my fake fashion shows and <laughs> and I would design uh little inventions and stuff like that. So my my uh, mom's let me try art class when I was little and I I really liked it and so I did have some like sort of like idea of uh using like art for my illustrations and stuff like that and using photoshop and so uh with like my freshman year uh focusing on advertising design and then my sophomore year in interactive media production I focused on animation movie making uh uh, website making and uh, some other like artistic advertising design things and so uh, pretty much my my teacher was really awesome and encouraged me to uh, every month to draw something because once you draw something in real life like you can actually you can put that into action on the computer because like the computer is you know it's very important in today's modern age with advertising and design as well. And so uh, he put me into this competition called Skills USA, and um, it was this advertising design competition. And I had four hours to make a uh, stamp design, like a logo, and uh, another sort of kind of advertisement, like a poster. Um, so. Under time constraint, I was kind of almost forced into understanding uh, art and uh, in illustration as well. And so I tried to take like the things I learned in Skills USA and from that class to um, work on my illustrations. And um, the illustrations, also in a way, I think are kind of 
uh, reflecting that of what a child would like draw so that it would like attract their eye and make them interested in um, looking at the photos and stuff like that. And uh, the families, I wanted to make sure that uh, each kid that read the book would kind of resonate with a certain family in the uh, children's book and uh, resonate with kind of the activities of the first day of school, like show and tell, snack time, recess, uh, stuff like that. Yeah. 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 That makes sense. And with you doing a lot of this at school where your teacher's sort of there every step of the way with you and editing and helping you out. Oh yes, definitely. Um, I would have meetings with my teacher, I think almost every day. Um, his name is Mr. Reister and he would, like I would give him a piece of my script and he'd say change all of that so we would change my script completely which is he was really amazing because he's he's not he didn't have to help me with my writing at all which which I'm so grateful for him doing that as well and then I would show him like pieces of artwork and he would say um maybe change this so it looks more realistic or uh maybe add this so that people will understand like what this family is trying to convey in the book i um he would help uh he would review my characters for example chick mickey um uh, and the like the hen chickens were hen molly and hen millie and then um he would help review like Piper the pig, uh, Oliver the goat, Henry the horse, Annabelle the cow, and their parents to make, and um, Miss Outlet is a teacher to help make sure that I'm telling a story that kids would understand and not be bored with as well. So he would, um, at the end of like the semester in which I had to make it, he uh, helped me contact a a local publisher in my town and also um, let me present in front of the whole class with some of other staff of Worcester Technical High School so I can practice uh, pitches for uh, publishing a book as well. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. And with it being a children's book, obviously your teacher helped you a lot along the way, but did you ever try to like get children's opinions and see how they felt about it on the way? Um, I actually uh, did not, but I asked uh, parents and school teachers um, to see what they would think and if that would interest children. And actually the first like critique I got was that the text is too long. It will be confusing to kids. Like you have to make sure it's concise and easy for them to read so that they can read it by themselves, but also be able to read it with a parent so that they can discuss anything that they have questions about with the book. And so uh, I let a school teacher, which is my cousin, uh, read the children's book before, as well as uh, Frank Lowe, who was the editor of Raised by Unicorns. Um, I uh, got him to read the draft before I published so that I could have a review as well as see his perspective because he published a children's book called Some People Do. And so um, it was about that that children's book's about equality as well and acceptance. And so uh, I also got parents of kids 
uh, for the target age group, which I try to make the target age group as big as possible so that um, older kids can read it by themselves, but then younger kids can read it with a parent so that the questions are answered that they have. And um, so I went to a couple parents with uh, varying ages of kids to see their perspective on the children's book. And from changing the script to make it more understandable, I think that uh, they were a huge help as well in making this possible. Yeah, that it just sounds like you have such a great support system stretching yeah. all the way from elementary school to now and publishing the book. Definitely. I am I am totally grateful for everyone that has helped me with um, my writing process. And I think that um, they really, they're the semblance of, you know, the love my family tries to share and um, the, the message I try to get out with my children's book and my uh, anthology as well. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. Hey guys, so recently I've had the opportunity to connect with several student journalists from all over the U.S. thanks to a great Slack channel, and I have an awesome organization that I learned about and want to share with everyone. Connect and Compute is a student-led organization that aims to provide access to technology-driven learning to underprivileged students. It was started last year by two Bay Area high school female students passionate about bridging the wealth gap in STEM education and now includes a team of 30 plus members. Since its initiation, the organization has raised over $2,000 used to purchase refurbished laptops for students and provide skills-based tech workshops at schools and low-income areas. They've also expanded from the Bay Area to include other chapters in California, Missouri, and Florida. Amidst the pandemic, Connect and Compute decided to start an online summer initiative featuring a series of interactive Zoom workshops teaching kids basic skills on applications such as Scratch, as well as speaker Q&As with different leaders from the tech field, such as Joel Flory, the CEO of Visco. The program is entirely free, but donations are being accepted through their website to raise funds for technology purchasing efforts throughout the year. 25% of the donations are also dedicated to the Black Law Movement Project. Check out their work by following them at Connect and Compute on Instagram and Facebook and visiting their website, connectandcompute.com. And now, back to my conversation with Michaela. And so, like you said, you found a local publisher. Mm-hmm. What was that publishing process like? So, um, I knew about them earlier because... Uh, a friend of mine, his mom is, works for my town's chamber of commerce. Mm-hmm. And so I uh, contacted her and I was like, do you know anything about uh, saltwater media? And do you think that I should maybe talk to them about the children's book? And so she said, absolutely. So I walked in there and um, so they actually, uh, have published LGBT uh, books before, and um, it was really awesome because um, I had a su- support system of uh, in the publishing company because they could relate as uh, the uh, what do you call it as um, the owners are um, LGBT focused as well, and mm-hmm. they have um, and I know that. The owner, uh, the owners, uh, oh my gosh, I need to <laughs> collect my thoughts. Well, um, uh, I know Andrew Heller uh, has um, helped a, a lot with uh, publishing Two Hens and a Chick. And sh- he um, 
he has a partner that is a male and so he was trying to um, help spread my message a lot and just having the support uh, of getting my message of equality of the LGBT community was awesome and I know Stephanie was an amazing person as well like I would send over her a PDF file and she would be like oh my gosh like uh perfect like could you edit this real quick and so she was really quick in responding and I would go back to um the computer and uh, make a quick edit and send it back and then she'll put it right in the pdf immediately um so the publishing company was absolutely amazing when I walked in immediately I was greeted by the cutest dog and the nicest people <laughs> with like the smiling faces and they were like we absolutely love your message and would love to help with the publication process and so uh that uh saltwater media was awesome and uh they're helping me kind of work on advertising as well like they i was on uh i live near ocean city maryland so i was in a local newspaper called ocean city today uh for my children's book and they helped repost it and promote it on their social medias as well and it's it's been great. I'm really grateful for uh, Saltwater Media. Yeah, they sound like a really great fit for you. Yeah, definitely. I was very lucky. I didn't, I didn't know uh, like the values of the company. I didn't know if it was right for like my book. And mm -hmm. it's actually it's really interesting on how it can be pretty difficult to find a publisher that supports LGBT values. Like I would research online if I if I was like, should I. Uh, should I freelance this and publish by myself or should I, um, so I would look up different publishers that would support LGBT, uh, books, especially children's books. And, um, you know, there, there's a lot, but it's very interesting to see how you have to pick and choose. And, um, I found, uh, I was surprised that, uh, locally it was, right at my fingertips to have a, a publisher that supports LGBT values. And so it was very, um, it was just perfect. It was like, it was just, um, everything aligned. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It sounds like it was meant to be. Yeah. <laughs> and is there anything you learned when you went through that publishing process that you wish you'd known ahead of time? Um, I think ahead of time, I wish I, maybe reviewed my drafts more because I noticed like every time she would send me like the the kind of like rough draft before she would send it to the printer I was like wait I noticed something again there's another problem I need to fix it mm -hmm. I wish I just went through uh with like my parents and something just I I did I just feel like I um notice like little tiny mistakes that I wish I could have fixed like earlier um so that I wouldn't have to send back um pages back and forth like 24 7 but I think that um that that's expected in a process as well um with it being uh with me having like schoolwork throughout high school and like still having other classes it was put on standstill sometimes when I had like you know AP exams or uh like big projects I had to do. So I, um, thankfully Saltwater Media was super understanding of that. I just, um, sometimes I think time manage is so important as well as networking. And I think mm -hmm. before the publishing process, I should have got started on advertising right away before that. Um, 
to talk about my idea that's like uh was like being like going into printing and stuff like that and I think you know that was just because of circumstances with schoolwork being a a lot but um I think in the future um with future publications that uh I will probably start advertising as soon as it's getting sent to the printer and start doing events to discuss what is to come and promote people to pre-order the book, stuff like that. Um, I think I just need to get started earlier in kind of like the advertising of it after the um, publishing process. Yeah. Yeah, definitely in a way it helped that you did this when you were still in high school and you had all this stuff on your plate and it Mm -hmm. teaches you the value of time management and it shows you what a real actual publishing process is like. Yeah, definitely. And so your book ended up coming out like in the middle of COVID. Did this change any of your plans for advertising and promoting it? Oh, yes, definitely. I I was planning to go to New York City uh, to have a book signing at Barnes & Noble um, on near Broadway as Mm -hmm. I had a uh, book signing there with Raised by Unicorns. And so I had some contacts with them. And I was also going to uh, have a book signing in Politics and Prose and um, some other local book signings. I was going to contact um, local bookstores to see if I could do that. But now I'm starting to plan with my um, mom on creating like live book readings online Mm -hmm. i'm uh, trying to figure out how to get that to gain more traction and so i'm thinking about doing live book readings online maybe some socially distanced book signings if i can or maybe a book signing by appointment that would be really cool um i'm also thinking about doing facebook lives to answer any questions people have about the book and um Yeah, I was really hoping, I've been uh, contacting a lot of talk shows because a dream is to be on a talk show. Mm -hmm. Um, I know Frank Lowe has in contact with Elvis Duran, so I'm going to contact him to see if I can um, be on that. Um, But yeah, podcasts like yours has been great. I have been... um, I've been doing that a lot as well. I was on the Saltwater Media podcast Mm -hmm. uh, to discuss the children's book I think last week and um yeah I I think the in-person events is definitely the downfall of COVID and the pandemic and I think um I'm hoping that when things get better I'll be able to go into schools and kind of share my story and maybe even uh go into maybe some colleges Uh, to early education students and talk about the diversity in classrooms that I um, tried to promote. Um, And yeah, so I uh, reached out to my college's uh, group chat as well to see if any um, people would know teachers or parents that would be interested uh, because, um, because I would love to have the book in a lot of classrooms. That's kind of the goal so that kids can look at it and be like, oh, now I understand, uh, like, why so-and-so has two moms or so-and-so has, like, two dads, like, and why um, just all different families are different. Because when, when I was younger, all I saw, I just thought that all families had, like, different ways of, like, you know, working. So I was like, oh, mm-hmm. some people have a mom and a mom. Some people have a mom and a dad. Some people have a mom, um, 
a dad and a dad. Some people have one parent. Some people have grandparents as parents. You know, it all, mm -hmm. like, that's what I try to hope kids to understand because their innocence is what's going to change this world. And mm -hmm. I think that um, if we instill the values of this understanding at a young age, as they usually do when they're young, I think that um, that will help the next generation even be more accepting and stuff like that. So um, all in all, I'm hoping in the future to uh, reach out to schools and school districts and uh, possibly some libraries for some events that I can help uh, kind of speak to kids about the story and do like uh, book readings and um, maybe even some uh, drawing activities. That'd be really cool if I could get my pages into like coloring, uh, mm -hmm. coloring events too, so that uh, kids can kind of just, you know, relate with the story and uh, be able to share it to their friends too. Yeah, that is so awesome. It sounds like you have a lot of plans for the future and hopefully this doesn't go on for too much longer Definitely. so you're able to accomplish all of that <laughs> thank you <laughs> and so obviously you're heading northwestern in the fall go cats <laughs> and you're gonna major in journalism and there are so many different things you can do with that degree especially at medill you see so many people pursuing different concentrations with it do you have any idea of what career you want to pursue um, I'm definitely interested in broadcast journalism, but right now, honestly, I love writing everything and I love everything about journalism. So mm -hmm. I think Northwestern and the flexibility of uh, the quarter system and Medill, I think I'll be able to find like my niche in journalism specifically. I'm also considering like double majoring in design engineering uh, because I want to kind of use my Photoshop uh, skills that I use with the children's book to kind of... Uh, work on designing things as well and um and uh kind of just try out things to see like what type of writing fits for me because i i just love writing a lot of things and i'm hoping like maybe in the future to get out a screenplay and maybe some like a novel and some other publications um uh maybe during college or after college as well yeah yeah i totally get where you're coming from it's it's exciting to be going to a school that allows you to pursue so many different writing and other opportunities, too. And do you have any plans to continue your LGBTQ activism once you head to college? Um, yeah, I'm planning on joining, like, a clubs that support it. And um, also, uh, I need to look at the clubs more as well to, like, figure out what would be a good fit for me. But mm -hmm. I, think, I think I'll also maybe even start like different publications as well maybe even a blog my own to uh, uh continue my activism because i think it's it's really interesting to see i saw on the on the um the northwestern like group page people resonate with the book when i um mentioned um mm -hmm. uh it as well and i think that that would be interesting as well um strangely enough uh I my half brother actually goes to Northwestern and so he has he has two moms as well and so like I remember talking with him and him being like like I never met someone else with two moms before so I'm hoping that my story will help kind of you know uh, make different connections and help people uh, you know understand and resonate with uh, my story as well and kind of 
I, I hoped I had a pretty amazing childhood and I'm hoping that like my activism will help, you know, give hope uh, to people and parents who uh, are LGBT that want to start a family and um, and other things like that. So, yeah. Yeah, that is that is so awesome. And that's so cool that he goes to Northwestern, too. Yeah, it was really awesome. I think uh, I actually probably wasn't going to go to Northwestern, um, but uh, until I toured it, of course, and then I fell in love with it. And I actually toured it because I wanted to meet him. So <laughs> it, it, it all goes around. And I think that was the coolest part. And uh, he said that when he got to Northwestern, everyone was accepting of him as well. And that I think is going to be amazing. And it's my dream school. And I'm so excited. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is so great. And so I have a few questions that I ask everyone who comes on the podcast. Mm -hmm. So the first is, if you could go back in time to when you first began writing, what advice would you give yourself? I would tell myself to not think you're too young uh, to start writing something big. I think mm -hmm. a lot of young writers have this fear of like writing a novel or writing a book because they're like, that's such a crazy task but and I think I felt that as well when I was a kid I think I it, I did focus on more like short stories and stuff like that when I was a child but then um as time went on I uh and like these opportunities were brought to me I said I really just need to go for it I just need to keep on writing and um if ever I had writer's block I would uh doodle on my notebook to like keep me uh brainstorming new ideas and just never stop because if you if you halt yourself in the writing process it's just gonna um it's just gonna slow you down i think you just need to you need to put your thoughts somewhere every day to make sure that you're uh that you're kind of uh keeping up with writing practicing and forming ideas that could possibly become a novel or come a you know an amazing uh piece of writing that you can share with someone and um yeah so for my younger self i think i would uh tell them to not be scared of you know anything or like you know people you're meeting like uh i think when i was younger i was nervous with uh public speaking and uh Definitely, I think as I got out of my shell and started uh, practicing speeches and networking with people, I was able to understand how it's so important to communicate with people the message you're trying to get across and what what you're writing about. Yeah, yeah, that is very important, being able to communicate and being consistent. I think mm -hmm. consistency is key and it can be really hard to be consistent. Yeah, definitely. And do you have advice for any, for other female writers in particular? Um, I think my advice is to always seek what makes you uncomfortable. Like, if you would usually say no because you're nervous to do something, just, you know, say yes. Say, um, say yes to writing uh, in a blog. Say yes to, you know starting to write that chapter that you've uh, always wanted to write but too nervous to write about um and just pretty much with my younger self as well and what i said to like wh what i said to her um i think 
that you just need to seek what makes you uncomfortable and and like what makes you nervous to kind of like achieve your goals because I think the biggest goals are the ones that we're most feared about and most scared about also and um yeah I think definitely take those networking opportunities like if you see something like in a in a newspaper or other publication that says hey we're, we're looking for like submissions or hey we're looking for writers in uh for this company uh i think i would tell them to not be nervous uh or think that they don't have enough time because these experiences are what propel you uh into um publishing a book and you know becoming uh, a like a writer in your field and I think that that was very um, noticeable when everything kind of went around like for example the next family blog went to raised by unicorns and then that got into my children's book and I think that everything kind of uh, connects and that's why I find networking so important too yeah yeah I think that's very true getting out of your comfort zone and networking are so key to gaining skills and learning more about yourself and mm -hmm. succeeding as a writer yeah definitely and I know there are a lot but what do you think is the most important skill that a writer can have hmm I think the most important skill a writer could have is being able to organize their thoughts in a way that creates a visualization in a reader's mind. So I, um, I even struggle with this very often. Uh, it's just, you have like a ton of, of thoughts jumbled in your mind. And you're like, wait, how do I organize this in order to create my story? And yeah. so I, I found writing, like making little maps in like on a piece of paper or making little like designs to understand like what what I'm like what like thought is leading to the next thought and the next thought and the next thought after that and so uh, I really do think that the most important skill is uh, being able to organize your thoughts in a way that creates a beautiful story and a message that gets across to people because I think that any people can have thoughts that, you know, can become a novel or can become something um, worth writing about, but it's the organization and the belief that you can tell a story is what's most important. Yeah. Yeah. I think organization is something that a lot of people struggle with. Mm -hmm. um, that's so interesting, though, the idea about sort of creating like flow charts and maps I'll have to try that out because I struggle with organization sometimes <laughs> yeah it's it's definitely my favorite way to um to organize things just because like I design a lot too it just works for me um mm -hmm. and it helps me understand like how events lead to other events like I would draw a circle and create a main event and then I would create an arrow that tells me how to get to that next event mm -hmm. with the other circle so that's it um that's what I definitely recommend doing as well. 
That's actually so interesting because I'm reading, I don't know if you've heard of it, but it's a book called Grit and it's by this UPenn professor named Angela Duckworth. And she's, it's talking about like perseverance and success. And she like basically shows a chart of like, you have your low level goals, mid-level goals, and then the big goal at the top. And they're sort of interconnected like that. And I, I just read that the other day. So that's so funny that what you said <laughs> is so similar to that. That's awesome. I, I haven't heard about it, but that, that seems really neat. I'll have to check that out as well. Yeah, I'm, I'm only like five chapters in, but it's a really interesting book. And speaking of books, do you think there are any books that you've read that have seriously changed how you approach writing or what topics you cover? Um, so personally, I read a lot of um, historical like books, especially throughout when I was studying like history in classes and stuff like that. And I like to understand um, how history like impacts the future and so mm -hmm. I try to connect like the literature to like uh, greater events and how that impacts uh things as well and so one of the books that like I really enjoy reading was like one of my favorites was uh The Secret Life of Bees by Sue Monk Kidd it turned into a movie as well and it just shows like the ideals of feminism in uh in one's life and how they impact uh, goals and your outlook on life as well. And so that book uh, helped me understand how like you can bring about certain ideas to kind of, but in more of a fictional way to like engage readers and to also uh, kind of create a message in their mind that they could put in their everyday life. So like kind of like Fiction becomes nonfiction in a way. So, um, so like as I said before, I really enjoyed learning about uh, Uncle Tom's Cabin by Harriet Beecher Stowe because it had such an impact. And I remember in U.S. history, I we had to write an essay at the end of the semester, and I wrote about uh, muckrakers in. Uh, like journalism mm -hmm. during the progressive era after the Gilded Age and how it showed corruption. And so uh, just learning about and reading about all that literature, uh, like um, The Jungle, I believe. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, and just understanding how they impact society is something that has an impact on my writing every day because uh, that's my goal is to just bring a thought, create awareness of a problem, and then break stigmas and stereotypes to, you know, and show different perspectives, because I think that's the most important part of, you know, getting uh, across a message to a greater audience is understanding every person's thoughts. And uh, yeah, definitely historical um, literature uh, that created events and surrounded events is, um, how I um, focus on my writing today. Yeah, that's very true. I'm really into historical fiction too, so I'll have to try mm -hmm. The Secret Life of Bees. That sounds like a good book. Mm -hmm. It's my favorite. <laughs> and do you think you have a favorite story you've written? Um, I think definitely my chapter in Race by Unicorns was like my favorite story because it kind of summed up my childhood and I look back at it now and have like nostalgia reading like the funny memories and the sweet memories I have with my parents mm -hmm. and so uh that personally like that story in that chapter was my favorite story but um 
I also am like dabbling with a screenplay right now and uh it's about my uh grandma's life with Alzheimer's and dementia and so uh I kind of bring about like what she's thinking personally because I've done a lot of like observing her and understanding her thoughts and research and I think um the beginning of the screenplay right now is uh, my like another one of my favorite like kind of writings because it really does uh i think show a a side of alzheimer's that in dementia that people don't really uh realize and um understand like what they're going on in their head and stuff like that that's so thank you yeah, that's um i'm really excited to continue with it and i'm hoping that um maybe I can even pitch it to a professor in at Northwestern. So mm-hmm. hopefully. <laughs> yeah, that would be awesome. Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking of taking playwriting classes there. I'm not sure yet, but there, there are just so many opportunities to continue writing there. I'm yeah, excited. I'm thinking about maybe minoring in creative writing as well. I'm, I'm trying to decide. I, I think uh, a lot of kids at Northwestern, you know, want to try everything they possibly can. And so it's yeah. like hard to decide what, uh, what to major and minor in. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And when people read your work, what do you hope their biggest takeaway is? I hope their biggest takeaway is that every single family can be different and they they are different. They all have different dynamics and Mm -hmm. uh, everyone is diverse in some way, shape or form. And I think we have to understand that every single family has the same goal of growing um, their kids and children to be as loving and instill in set of values that they want them to grow into um, for the next generation of leaders. And um, I hope that parents are able to uh, show some sort of that message to their kids when they're younger that, you know, we're all like all families are trying to uh, grow people uh, amazing people, amazing leaders, and like uh, to spread love and happiness. And I think that, um, like, even with differences, um, everyone, you know, still has these values that they can share. And, and I think it's important to understand that um, the diversity actually, you know, adds to different perspectives of these values that, um, you know, I hope that the children can share with their friends and uh as they grow older they can you know uh share the thoughts that they have gained from this children's book that's awesome it definitely sounds like the writing you've done does promote that thank you (laughs) (laughs) and so that's all i have but thank you so much for joining me today oh thank you so much i had a a wonderful time on this podcast and it's i love the message you're trying to get off of this podcast as well once again a huge thank you to michaela for joining me on the podcast to learn more about her book you can find it at two hence and a chick book on instagram to learn more about this show you can find us at she wrote that podcast on instagram and facebook and at she wrote that pod on twitter we're available on spotify and apple Podcasts, so make sure to leave us a review follow and subscribe there Thank you so much for tuning in. We'll see you next time.